Do not fear what you are about to suffer. About to suffer. (laughs) Well, now that sounds wonderful. Jesus said, Truly I say to you, there is no one who has left house, or brothers, or sisters, or mother, or father, or children, or lands, for my sake and for the gospel, who will not receive a hundredfold now, in this time, houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and lands with persecutions. And in the age to come, eternal life. With persecutions? You just ever want to run and hide? (laughs) With persecutions about to suffer? Can't we just receive the houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and lands without the persecutions and the suffering? Uh, Yeah, but you get eternal life too. Great. But persecutions and suffering... (laughs) And then catch this, Paul wrote to the Philippian breathers, it has been granted to you that for the sake of Christ you should not only believe in him, but also suffer for his name's sake. Granted? Suffering is granted? Like it's some kind of good thing? Where's a cave? (laughs) Where's a closet? Where's a hole in the ground where we can hide? Except the apostles were beaten Then they left the presence of the council rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer dishonor for the name. (laughs) Rejoicing. Jesus' brother James wrote, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. Joy. Peter said, Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice insofar as you share Christ's sufferings, that you may also rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed. Again, rejoice? I don't want to rejoice when sufferings come. I want to hide and not have the suffering. <laughs> Where can I hide? Where can we hide? 3,000 years ago, a psalmist wrote, Why, O oh Lord? Do you stand far away? Why do you hide yourself in times of trouble? In arrogance, the wicked hotly pursue the poor. Let them be caught in the schemes that they have devised. For the wicked boasts of the desires of his soul, and the one greedy for gain curses and renounces the Lord. In the pride of his face, the wicked does not seek him. All his thoughts are, there is no God. His ways prosper at all times. Your judgments are on high, out of his sight. As for all his foes, he puffs at them. He says in his heart, I shall not be moved throughout all generations. I shall not meet adversity. His mouth is filled with cursing and deceit and oppression. Under his tongue are mischief and iniquity. He sits in ambush in the villages and hiding places. He murders the innocent. His eyes stealthily watch for the helpless. He lurks in ambush like a lion in his thicket. He lurks that he may seize the poor. He seizes the poor when he draws them into his net. The helpless are crushed, sink down and fall by his might. He says in his heart, God has forgotten. He has hidden his face. He will never see it. Arise, O Lord, O God, lift up your hand, forget not the afflicted. Why does the wicked renounce God and say in his heart, you will not call to account? You do see, for you note mischief and vexation that you may take it into your hands. To you the helpless commits himself, you have been the helper 
of the fatherless. Break the arm of the wicked and evildoer. Call his wickedness to account till you find none. The Lord is king forever and ever. The nations perish from his land. O Lord, you hear the desire of the afflicted. You will strengthen their heart. You will incline your ear to do justice to the fatherless and the oppressed. So that man who is of the earth may strike terror no more. Where can we hide from wicked, from this evil, from being crushed, helpless, from sinking into the pain and hurt? Where can we hide? In the Lord. Take that step out on the water 
Before Jesus said, do not fear what you are about to suffer, he said, and to the angel of the church in Smyrna write, the words of the first and the last who died and came to life, I know your tribulation and your poverty, but you are rich, and the slander of those who say that they are Jews and are not, but are a synagogue of Satan. These people had already suffered tribulation, poverty, and slander. And it's about to get worse. Smyrna, along with Philadelphia, hears no correction from the lips of the glorified Christ. Whatever things they may have been doing wrong, Jesus thought so minor as to be not worth mentioning. But of those who caused their suffering, Jesus had much to say. <laughs> and we'd better talk about who they are, who they were. Genetically, politically, culturally, they were Jews. They congregated at synagogues. But the overwhelmingly powerful one, who died and came to life, says their synagogue belongs to Satan. When he was in his pre-resurrection body, Jesus told a group of Jews something, the echoes of which we hear in the letter to Smyrna, You are of your father, the devil, and your will is to do your father's desires. Whoa! The Apostle Paul built on this when he wrote to the church in Rome, No one is a Jew who is merely one outwardly, nor is circumcision outward and physical, but a Jew is one inwardly. And circumcision is a matter of the heart, by the spirit, not by the letter. His praise is not from man, but from God. This is important because before Jesus' death and resurrection, before that first Pentecost, after he ascended to heaven, the people of God were the Jews, not all the Jews. For all Jews who truly believed and followed God then, before, believed in Jesus and became Christians after his resurrection. So what Jews are left? That's right. Those doing the will of their father, the devil. Those of the synagogue of Satan. For a little break. Here's an interesting example from history. This is actually true. First, though, you have to understand that Jews had a special legal relationship with Rome, uh, whereby they were exempt from Rome's religions. They're the only group that was, uh, and that included emperor worship. Very important. So about 50 years after John wrote these letters in the Revelation, a Christian pastor named Polycarp was denounced by the Jews for defaming the emperor and the Roman religion by refusing to worship the emperor. Hypocrites! <laughs> then, even though it was the Sabbath, they helped gather wood to burn him. Which they did. Gathering wood on the Sabbath was strictly against their own rules, or interpretation of the Old Testament law. But to kill a Christian especially a Christian leader, yeah, they'd make an exception. <laughs> they were, in truth, a synagogue of Satan. Like we said last week, the number one problem the church has is the false church. All right, back to our regularly scheduled sermon. 
But Jesus told the believers in Smyrna, do not fear what you are about to suffer. You've got tribulation, poverty, and slander, and things are about to get worse. Do not fear what you are about to suffer. Behold, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison, that you may be tested. And for ten days you will have tribulation. Be faithful unto death, and I will give you the crown of life. Remember how Jesus introduced himself to this church? The first and the last who died and came to life. The very center of Christianity is the resurrection of Christ. Only one who died and rose again can promise a crown of life on the other side of the grave. Jesus alone conquered death and the grave. And that, Jesus said, I tell you, my friends, do not fear those who kill the body and after that have nothing more that they can do. But I will warn you whom to fear. Fear him who, after he has killed, has authority to cast into hell. Yes, I tell you, fear him. Don't fear what you are about to suffer. The worst they can do is to kill you. And you do know what happens after death, don't you? This life is temporary. The joy, the pain, the suffering, the pleasure. Even death is temporary. But after death, eternity is forever. <laughs> if anyone is going to be afraid, well, it shouldn't be us. The things, the junk, the suffering that happens in this life, even that which would draw us away from Christ, we don't have to be subject to them. No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful. And he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability, but with the temptation he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. God is faithful. This tempting, this testing, same Greek word, does not have to overwhelm us. Do not fear what you are about to suffer. Behold, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison that you may be tested. And for ten days you will have tribulation. Be faithful unto death and I will give you the crown of life. They didn't imprison people back then in order to drive them to penitence. We have penitentiaries. They're supposed to drive people to penitence. They were arrested back then to await trial or to go straight to their death. Ten days of tribulation. This apocalyptic type of literature is not much used today. Uh, in it, rounded numbers like this are intended to give a feeling as well as information. When they heard this, they didn't hear exactly 240 hours after it starts, this tribulation will be over. Now, they heard that the pain, the loss, the trouble of this life is short. But the victory that Jesus, the Christ, gives lasts forever. Indeed, I count everything as lost because of the surpassing worth of knowing Jesus Christ my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and may share his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, that by any means possible I may attain the resurrection from the dead. I know Paul was coming from a different angle. But can we not hear the same encouragement here? By all means, grasp the victory. When the trouble comes, hide in Jesus. 
The body will feel the pain, but our souls, we can hide in Him. Hide my soul in Jesus. Dream.
rush over me I will not let them in There will be Another church, a group of believers who found no correction in the words of Christ, and to the angel of the church in Philadelphia, right? The words of the Holy One, the true one, who has the key of David, who opens and no one will shut, who shuts and no one opens. I know your works. Behold, I have set before you an open door, which no one is able to shut. I know that you have but little power, and yet you have kept my word and have not denied my name. This open door that they have, where does it lead? We'll come back to that later. In the meantime, back to our other church, there's a promise here which, in which all churches could participate. It sounds strange to our ears, so we'll look a little closer at it. Behold, I will make those of the synagogue of Satan who say that they are Jews and are not but lie, behold, I will make them come and bow down before your feet, and they will learn that I have loved you. And we know, thanks to Smyrna and the whole synagogue of Satan thing, there are entire churches who say they believe in the one God, who are, whether they know it or not, actually following the devil. But what does this mean? Behold, I will make them come and bow down before your feet, and they will learn that I have loved you. This is the second behold in this one sentence. <laughs> Sounds like Jesus is serious about this. So what is it? Come and bow down. Well, this is a picture of victory, like armed conflict victory. Remember that psalm we read at the beginning? How does one hide from the wicked and their destructive behavior? In the fact that the Lord is king forever. He will crush the enemy. He will comfort the downtrodden, the poor, the helpless. Don't fear the one who can but kill. Fear the one who will crush the ultimately unrepentant. They will learn that the Lord Jesus Christ loves us. Think, the very first thing any human ever heard Satan say was, did God actually say? Do you really think God loves you? 
Do you honestly believe this life after death crap? Are you so stupid that you think you'll live forever in some paradise? Do you really think God loves you? Yeah, I do. (laughs) And one day you will learn that he loves me when he crushes you in all your evil works. Jesus said to that ancient church, Because you have kept my word about patient endurance, I will keep you from the hour of trial that is coming on the whole world to try those who dwell on the earth. Hide my soul in Jesus. Yes. Now some believes believe this means that we won't suffer through the terrible trouble coming on the world, that the church will be raptured before the great tribulation. Well, it could be that. But there are a few problems. Most obviously. How could one keep Jesus' word about patient endurance unless there is something to endure <laughs> and keep you from? Does that for sure mean remove you from? Or could it mean protect you from, like in the middle of it, protect you? Not let the trouble overwhelm you, but provide a way of escape. Could it mean that? And isn't testing supposed to be good for a Christian? Isn't it supposed to refine our faith, make us pure? Besides, hour of trial, are we even sure that means the great tribulation? I mean, <laughs> now as it happens, I do believe the church will be raptured before the start of the tribulation. Pretty probably. But this is not a scripture to go to for absolute proof of that. It is a scripture that shows us where we can hide our souls. Jesus said, I will keep you from the hour of trial. I am coming soon. Hold fast what you have so that no one may seize your crown. Jesus said to them, I know that you have but little power. And yet you have kept my word and have not denied my name. Hold fast what you have. The victory is yours. All you have to do is make it to the finish line. Which, if you are his, you will. (laughs) Satan tests us. He uses people, wicked people. But it is Satan who unloads on us. And he thinks it will crush us. Fool. And all the fools that follow him, do they not understand? Do they not know who we are? Do they not know our destiny? Blessed and holy is the one who shares in the first resurrection over such the second death has no power. At the very end, Jesus will say, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give from the spring of the water of life without payment. The one who conquers will have this heritage and I will be his God and he will be my son. But as for the cowardly, the faithless, the detestable, as for the murderers, the sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters and all liars, their portion will be in the lake that burns with fire and sulfur, which is the second death. Those who recognize their need will find their thirst quenched. They will find themselves children of God. But it is true. If one rejects the second birth, if they refuse to hide their souls in Christ, they will be plunged into the second death. But if our spirits rest in him, then the angel showed me the river of the water of life, 
bright as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb. Through the middle of the street of the city, also on either side of the river, the tree of life with its twelve kinds of fruit, yielding its fruit each month. The leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. No longer will there be anything accursed. But the throne of God and of the Lamb will be in it, and his servants will worship him. They will see his face, and his name will be on their foreheads, and night will be no more. They will need no light of lamp or sun, for the Lord God will be their light and they will reign forever and ever. A glorious future. (laughs) And even now, Jesus cries out, Behold, I am coming soon, bringing my recompense with me to repay each one for what he has done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Blessed are those who wash their robes so that they may have the right to the tree of life and that they may enter the city by the gates. The spirit and the bride say, Come. And let the one who hears say, Come. And let the one who is thirsty, Come. Let the one who desires take the water of life without price. He who testifies to these things says, Surely I am coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. (laughs) Soon. But not yet. And now, we, like those believers so long ago, suffer tribulation, poverty, slander. Later, we'll consider in detail the end of each of these letters, listening to the Spirit, seeing that which the victor will grasp. For now, let's get a sneak peek, a little preview of the joy to come. Let's go back to where we started. But look in the distance to the goal. Do not fear which you are about to suffer. Be faithful unto death, and I will give you the crown of life. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. The one who conquers will not be hurt by the second death. We will not be hurt by the second death. Come, Lord Jesus, (laughs) give us our crown of life. But for now and until then, I will hide my soul in Jesus. Will you? Will you hide your soul in the sure hands of Jesus? Father, what an amazing thing. We get away with something. We get away with our life. We aren't what we were anymore because of Jesus Christ. And we know that because of him, even though we fail, even though we fall, we'll have strength to rise. Because you give us strength through your son. He lifts us up. We will have eternal life. Because of what we do, but because of what he did, we can be absolutely sure that we will make it. He opens the door for us. We don't have to worry about anybody slamming it in our face. (laughs) Because we get to go to eternal life because of Jesus Christ. There are people that we want to say to them, I know where I'm going. Do you know where you're going when you die? Wow. There are people who want to deny that there's anything after death. But there is. 
We want them to know, Lord, if there's some, especially our list here, but there are people that we run into all the time who desperately need to hide their souls. Jesus, help us to help them understand at least enough that they can give those, their hearts to Jesus so that they can hide them there. And he will give them the strength they need and they will be able to go through that open door. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We hope you've enjoyed this message first heard at Living Hope Church of Westport. Please feel free to worship with us, maybe this next Sunday. You can also join us online at southbeachhope.org. We'd appreciate your financial support if that is possible. We are a tiny church in a small town, but at least with the help of Sermon.net, we can share the good news with you and everyone around the world. Hopefully we'll someday be able to worship God together in person, if not in Westport, at least in the rapture.